Hello. Hi, Rebecca. It's Beatrice. Hi, Beatrice. It's Rebecca. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. I'm um, sitting here looking at my new trainers or sneakers. <gasps> oh, my God. Tell me. Well, it's a complicated story, actually. The reason why oh, they're right. right next to me is because I'm I'm not 100% sure about them. Oh. So I haven't actually worn them. So I, I have them nearby so I can look at them and get used to them. Um, well, what are they? Well, they're they're Nike and they're mm. they're very very bright pink, and I think Ooh, that's la, la. with a bit of orange as well. Wow. Um, so that's why I need to get used to them. You need to kind of optically reconcile yourself yeah. to neon pink yeah i they love neon fantastic yeah Me too. normally i love neon it's just something about them where um, it means i need a bit more time okay you're easing in you're being like an 18th century lady and keeping your fashion item for a while yes i usually do that mm. well that's fair enough yeah but that sounds lovely a pop of bright pink sounds yeah marvelous. I, sh I shall send you a picture please yeah Please do. Yes. I also bought sneakers. After talking about them the other day, we, we, we seeped yeah. into our brain. Yes, that's probably what happened. What are yours like? Mine are mauve. Mm. And which is also not really a color I wear, but I thought let's just have a bit. And it's, they're the ones that Tyler, the creator, has done with Converse. So oh, nice. Mm. And I'm just rather entranced by them. That's very I haven't good. worn them either, but that's because it's been raining and I didn't want to ruin my new sneakers in the rain. To be perfectly honest, that's also another reason I feel I need to buy one of those protector spray things. Oh, I'm obsessed with those protector sprays. I haven't, Adrian I've only got... me for how dedicated <laughs> I am to them. I think they are not the best thing for the environment. They always well, smell really vile. That's the problem. That's I, the problem, isn't it? I once had one that was like a pump one, but I bought it in Germany and I've never, I've never found oh. one like that again. Um, maybe yeah, something maybe to investigate. They, yeah, we need to investigate an ecologically sound version of that. Thing. Yeah. Because it does really look after your shoes, it but does. not the universe. And that's, yeah, that's... That is more There's something wrong there, yeah. 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 Well, we must look into that and mm -hmm. then wear our new sneakers and exchange images of our new sneakers yeah let's do that because i mean i'm thinking of just wearing them when i have zoom events i know yeah. i sometimes do that I, I i usually do this sort of getting up and getting properly dressed including yes yeah, so i do thing. yeah i think you kind of need to yeah i or do I need to. me too oh oh lord Beatrice, let me tell you. Yes. It was, I'm talking of getting dressed up for your Zoom events. Yesterday, I did a class with my MA fashion, documenting mm -hmm. fashion students on the senses and fashion. Yeah. And I said to them beforehand, let's all wear something that's interesting from a sensory perspective. And I didn't really know if they'd do it or not. But mm. oh my goodness, they <laughs> did it. They are so fabulous. And it was like, it was just so good because it it really helped with making Zoom more tactile and, I don't know, 
deepening the experience, mm. I think. I mean, they're so clever, they're so sparky and inspiring anyway. And then it was just next level. You know, we had Victorian lace. We had sequined pants. Wow. We had a worn-out Iron Maiden T-shirt. We had stripes. We had early Mary Mecco. It was extraordinary. I loved everything. What did you wear? Did you do it? I did take part. Oh, my God. Do you think I was going to miss that? (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I did. I went for contrast pictures. Mm -hmm. So I've got this acne top that's, like, it's very coversome. Can I, is that a word? I don't know. But it's kind of pale lemon, which I never wear yellow. I don't like yellow, but I like this yellow. And it's cotton. It's like it goes right up under your chin and right over your fingers top. Mm -hmm. And it's, A bit like, you know, shaggy dog sweaters that are are kind of fluffy. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. It's a bit like that, but it's cotton. And it's it's a bit, I feel like I'm a baby lamb in it. (laughs) Because it's kind of, yeah, it's, it's, it's hard to describe, but it has a nice texture that I enjoy. So I had that, but then I had sparkly earrings and sparkly eyeshadow. Mm, that's very good. So I went for contrast. Yeah, I don't know what I'd do. I think I went would go for something that, like something hairy or, you know, something yeah. that does something to your skin. And I haven't got a feather boa. And I always think oh. that would be, I wouldn't like wearing a feather boa, I think. But I always think that's such no. an interesting object. It's a very interesting thing the way it's such a slight thing in every way, mm. but completely transforms. Yeah. That's like all you see if someone mm. wears one. That's true, yeah. But no, every single person did something brilliant. That's... We had intense textures, flowers, prints, silk, velvet. It was amazing. That's such a good idea. It was so good because it was fun and funny. And then it was also really deep because we all said why we were wearing mm. what we were wearing. And then we'd been reading all our philosophers on sensory experience of dress so it really led into much more academic discussion mm. in a very happy and lovely way. And mm. because we were talking about, you know, like Merleau-Ponty and embodied experience and kind of looking with your whole body, it really connected and made you feel those things on yourself as mm. well as talking about them. So it was really good. I mean, I think we, I have to try and think of more things we can do that are like yeah. that because I think you know, it's like when, when they brought in, well, they didn't bring in, they sat in their rooms and mm-hmm. talked sure. about things relating to their family. You know, again, it was something that kind of made you feel through the screen in mm. a really good way that I thought was fantastic. Yeah. And hopefully they, they enjoyed too. And it's interesting but, how that didn't used to be allowed almost, you know. You weren't supposed yeah, to talk about exactly. yourself ever. Yeah, yeah. No, no, no. I mean, I'm so trained never to from from my sort of academic background and I don't really in my writing Mm. but I think it's really important in class and I think it's really important you know I really think it's great all the the kind of books and studies and things that are doing that now yeah and I think it's important in teaching because it's important to sort of think about who you are in relation to the material in a much more acute way now yeah that's true that's a big part of it yeah 
yeah no it was it was really really nice and and I think also it's important nowadays to kind of find ways to connect with a group of people you keep meeting Mm. because otherwise it I don't know it's a lot but it's good yeah but then it was all so much fun and gorgeous that I completely forgot that I'd wanted to tell them about that that webinar you and I oh yeah we didn't I keep saying go to yeah I know I say that the exploring Josephine Baker one yes I mean firstly I wanted to say how much I just love Autograph. Yeah. I just think it's the greatest institution. And then also the Birkbeck. Because what does BIMI stand for? Birkbeck? I don't know. It's Birkbeck something beginning with I, Moving Image. Do you think it's Birkbeck Institute of the Moving Image? Maybe. I don't know. Anyway, whatever it is, BIMI is great <laughs> also and does lots of good events. So it was really fascinating. And I didn't know Terry Francis, the, no. the main person before, but she seems fascinating. Yeah, I didn't know her before. But yeah, I thought it was I thought it was really interesting, but I also I realised I knew less about Josephine Baker than in my head I thought I knew. Yes, yes. I haven't had time but I feel like I need to spend a day watching every film and clip I can find and then several weeks reading yeah I think you might have to spend more than a day if you want to well when every clip because there's so much I've been quite it's true I've looked at a few clips of her later I'm quite obsessed there's there's an interview with her an hour interview which I haven't watched the entire one from 1968 and that was mentioned in the um yes yes I have it written down as something to do I, I found I'll send you the link and it Please. and it that is really is really interesting. It's what just she wearing? She's wearing a kaftan. Oh nice. Yeah, and it's she is so good with the audience. She comes in oh, really? with her kaftan and it goes all the way down. It looks like it's sort of it's black and white footage so you can't see the colour. Sure. But it's looks sort of silky with embroidery and the interviewer actually says to her, um what are you wearing? And then she sort of gets up and twirls around and says it's a Moroccan Brilliant. Moroccan gown or African gown. And That's um, so good. Yeah, and they talk a bit about clothes and whether she likes clothes. And then she said she wore clothes of all the designers. But then she says, and I also wore bananas. Um, <laughs> and wow. yeah, she's very good. She sort of keeps talking to the audience and say oh thank you all for coming here and she it seems to be a lot of women or maybe it's just women in the audience you hardly ever see the audience and she keeps saying ladies you know do you understand what I'm saying and you must have experienced that and it's 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 really good and I I just find it so she was around when I was born still for quite a while and wow. you know it she seems in some ways she seems such a person from another world this is this was my wrong yeah, she does. my wrong idea in a way but obviously she she isn't she lives for well she doesn't get that old but she lives for quite a while and yeah I like just into thought the, into the 1980s no she? I think 75, 75 she dies yeah so um yeah, that I was. I just got quite interested in that, but I haven't watched much, and I, I haven't watched the films. I've just seen clips, the actual feature I've just films. Seen clips. Mm. I mean, I I watched. They also mentioned this 
this clip it's like about four minutes of an inter someone interviewing her on oh yeah oh I my god that. that man i know yeah oh my god and she's so charming and professional but he's so he just like grabs her puts mm. his arm around her face his face right up in her face it's so inappropriate and you yeah. can see how uncomfortable she is but she maintains her poise throughout but i was just thinking oh my god someone pulled that man off her. yeah that was a strange interview very yeah. strange do you think she's wearing dior oh i don't know I don't I know. know if she was wearing Dior. Oh. I, I was hoping she was wearing something that made her feel protected despite this disgusting interviewer leaning all mm. over her. Yeah, that was very strange. Very, very odd. But she, you know, as I say, she remains professional even if he does not. Yes. But what did you take away from the um, from the conversation? Well, I thought it was really fascinating and I can't wait to read Terry Francis's book because it seems so good. And there were lots of sort of little kind of insights into what she might write about that were making me think, oh, that's exciting. And one of the things I really loved was when they were talking, she was talking about how, how I mean, it sounds very trite, but really important, like how amazing Josephine Baker was as a performer which clearly she still was in 1968 with this yes. audience you were talking about and I loved how she spoke about kind of the importance of a performer's body and how a performer understands through their body and how Josephine Baker understood through her body you know her environment and her inspirations and was like continually looking for inspiration from those around her but then also how subsequent performers like particularly diana ross but also like beyonce they understand baker in a way through their bodies that a non-performer wouldn't yeah that's a really good point yeah and i just love that i think it's mm. really fascinating that sense that if you are an amazing performer you just have this completely different relationship with your body and therefore you can detect it in others and kind of mm. use it yeah. or learn from it in an interesting way yeah and on a similar or maybe slightly different note, I thought I also thought it was interesting at some point they spoke about her voice mm, um, that was really amazing and I, I'd noted down, she said something that her, her spoken voice is a sign of her ambition, her desire and ability to be part of French society. Mm. And I thought that was very interesting. They also spoke about her voice as in singing voice. And, yes. Um, but, but also, yeah, that she speaks and sings French. and That was, I mean, that's like the mark of an amazing researcher that they've, you know, that she's thought in that depth of how every facet of what Baker was doing is kind of part of this performance and this self-transformation mm. that she enacted in part through performance, but also, as you say, through learning French and taking herself to France and doing this. Because I, I kept, I can see several times I've written down ambition and risk mm. as two kind of key characteristics yeah. of Baker. And I thought it was really good the way Francis had sought to get back to Josephine Baker as a voice because there's so much that's been written about her or myths and like you were saying you know you think you know her and you don't mm. and I thought it was really good how she'd 
really dug down to find, you know, interviews with her and what she had said about what she was doing and her intent and everything. Because it's so easy to get lost in secondary material or even contemporary to the time, other people commenting on a performer. Yes. But it's quite hard to get to the performer herself. And she's clearly really studied every aspect of, of, you know, the film footage of her to get back to her. Yeah, I wrote down, she must have said that, prioritising Josephine Baker as the author yes. of jo- Josephine Baker. So, I wrote that down mm. as well. As such, it's like, it, again, it's one of those beautiful statements that mm. seem so simple, but is the absolute crux of yeah. everything and so deep and important. Yeah, really, really good. And And I love that she says the first chapter of the book is just on the banana dance and that the clip of her doing the banana dance is only 45 seconds long and again i just long to read this chapter yeah (laughs) just on one tiny dance because you know when you watch it you can watch it in so many different ways and you can watch it in such a kind of glib way but it is so so packed with beautiful meanings and scary meanings and resistance and everything yeah i thought also that speaks to what they said at the very beginning that that we experience a mediator josephine baker Mm. and that it's it's not just her in the films but also in the photographs and we think we might think this is her but it's you know it's a persona or yeah yeah it's and again that sounds obvious once you say it but I think maybe that's why I'm so fascinated by the later footage because yes. she isn't in, you know, there is footage of her in a in a knee-length skirt and what looks like a sort of twin setty cardigan and sensible shoes at a rehearsal, and she's still dancing in this wow. outfit. But yes. you know, it's a very it's very different. It's the again, it's probably you know, it's mediated. It's in a film, and it's you know, she would have known that someone was filming her and. It seems more authentic, maybe it isn't, but... But I suppose mm. it's like you're seeing, you're, you're like actively watching, you're like actively seeking to see the different facets yeah, of her. that's true. And try and break through the kind of Josephine Baker myth to see her in a different way, in a new way, which I think is kind of what we always try and do as historians, but it's, it's like when you watch a performer it it's like you can forget that because you you've learned to look at performers in a different way and kind of believe them it's like it's like I always think it's interesting in interviews with Kate Moss how she keeps saying but that's not me that's me performing in that Mm. photograph and that's Mm. me being that that idea of a woman and it's like you're so used to just taking it at surface value that this is a model but that's her true self when in fact the best models, the best performers, it's that they can completely convince you of yes. this yes. I character. Was, yeah, I was also going to say it probably is a mark of a really good performer that you mm. believe them so much. Yes, yeah, exactly. I, I, like, I, wonder, I wonder what kind of traces she left. Like I, I think Terry Francis at some point says... Does she say that there was a collection of letters somewhere? I think she was asked what sort of archives she used or whether there was anything, and then she said, there is, but I didn't end up using it that much. Yeah. But I didn't get the sense 
of what it was. Um, no. Because I, I, I was just wondering, you know, I think what Terry Francis has done, because it's called like through, what is it, hang on. Prism is something with prism. Cinematic prism. Yeah. Which is so clever and evocative. Yes. And clearly that's the direction she's taken, which is such an important one because she is thinking through the screen and through the performance. But I do wonder, I mean, obviously I want to know the Vionnet story because mm. because there's all these kind of comments but never properly sourced that she will or Vionnet. But how do we get into the Vionnet archive to mm. see the pieces of paper yeah. that tell us about what she actually bought and does she have any letters in her archive corresponding about her dresses she bought yeah or anyone else's dresses she bought is there a receipt yes that's something we need to figure out that's a big thing to find out it would be so amazing yeah it would be it would because be. i mean to me, the combination of Josephine Baker and Vionnet is so spectacularly mm. spectacular. <laughs> so it's so it's like such a meeting of people who are completely immersed in their own art form and completely rethinking femininity and in such exquisite and such you know, next level, brilliant, genius ways. And the thought of the two of them together is kind of mind-blowing. Yeah. And yeah. if there is any documentary evidence of any kind, <laughs> I would love to see it. Okay. Well, that's Could a big challenge. Could you please find it for me? <laughs> that's a big challenge. Um, <laughs> I'll see how I get on with that one. <laughs> <laughs> but... But don't you think, bitch? I mean, no, that would be amazing. That would be amazing. It would be incredible. Yeah. And did she leave any clothes? Did she donate any clothes Again, to any museum? I don't know. I haven't come come across it. Again, another thing to find find out. There was one other thing I thought was really interesting, but yes. it's, it's a bit tricky um, not having seen the films. But again, mm-hmm. Terry Francis has such a great way of finding a short phrase that encapsulates what she was saying. She really does. Yeah, yes. and that there was something about Josephine Baker ending up in the B-plot of her own movies. Yes. And I yes. I thought that was so interesting that she's the one that makes things happen, but she's not the main person in a way, yeah, even though it yeah. is her movie. No, and... I'd, I'd written that down, and I'd always also written down another phrase she used, which was that she's the catalyst rather than the star. Mm. I've never watched all of Princess, Princess Tam Tam, but it's so obvious, even from the clips I've seen, that she is the one you're drawn to. She has that kind of glow that a true star has, and then there's these kind of other people also in this shot with her that you don't really yeah. take much notice of because it is that it's like it's innate but it's also kind of training yourself and understanding the camera the yes. lighting the movement everything and you can you can see that even in this interview you know she knows very well where to look and wow yeah yeah that. no that you can you can tell even in that because it's such a skill like people don't appreciate those kind of things but it's such 
a skill and again it's an invisible one because if you do it brilliantly it doesn't look like you're doing exactly because I always think it's amazing because because it's such a fascinating thing to me the way things are lit and I think it's really amazing performers who who get that and as you say kind of move their face slightly to catch the light yeah and also I people like supposedly but I think it's true like Marlene Dietrich or so trying Mm. to control it themselves rather than letting other people control it yeah because because people forget how lighting does more than it than anything else really yeah to to create an image and a and and a sense of beauty as well Mm. which makes me think my my desk lamp isn't enough (laughs) i uh (laughs) on a very now going from the sublime to the ridiculous i keep being told that i look perfect for halloween in my in my online uh meetings well it i've got a sort of black pin board behind me and just a desk lamp and i think it does I can see why they would say that. And I need to do something about my lighting here. I need one of those rings, you know, in front of me. Yeah, I think you either need to get a ring light or whatever those things are, or you need to just embrace it and go full on Wednesday abs, Adams. Oh, yeah, that's that's good. That's a good idea. I hadn't thought of that choice. Wednesday Adams is another icon. Yeah. So you could just, you know, do that. Yeah. Okay. You have completely the wrong hair and everything but you know I'm sure a wig would be available yeah okay so quite a lot to do I know you've got to you've got to do all this research on your and perfect your Wednesday Adams look yeah that's gonna keep you busy that's gonna keep me out of mischief (laughs) and all I've got to do is wear my sneakers and to (laughs) and to watch the interview that's what you have to do while wearing my sneakers Yeah. yeah Okay. Okay. Okay, well that's that's more than enough. Yes. All right, I'll talk to you soon. Yeah, I'll talk to you soon. Bye. Bye.